this day. Well, I believe that the beginning of this year was a new year, a very special year for those that would submit themselves and yield themselves over to the word that goes forth. It's life-changing. Oh, praise you, Father. I heard you did a great job yesterday morning. Didn't want to text you anymore last night. private joke. Could it better stay private? If you think that Siri's going to say what you tell her to say, she does not. And I won't say any more. Amen? Okay. I want to read. This is from the New Life Children, one of the New Life Children's Homes. And I'd like to read the letter they sent. Praise God. 2012 was a great year for New Life Children's Home. Many trials, but we came through it all on the victory side. Amen. Hallelujah. Many of the kids in the Philippines are getting older. You know, kids have a way of doing that. We try to, spend, to send every kid who has the aptitude and the desire to college. College in the Philippines is much, much cheaper than in the United States. For about $500, we can send a kid to college for one semester. Wow. Praise God. However, most of, most of all, we want the kids to grow up at New Life to be grounded in the things of God. We want them to know that God loves them no matter what may come in their lives and to know God as their heavenly daddy. Yes. All kids make mistakes, but it is what they do after their mistakes that really makes a difference. Listen to that, kids. All kids make mistakes, but it's what they do after their mistakes that really makes a difference. Julie and I are full of gratitude to you for your faithful support of this ministry. Today, there are so many needs that are crying out for our dollars. Most are good works. We thank you that you have chosen these kids through this ministry. Good things for 2013 for you and your families. Nolan and Julia, New Life Children's Home. Well, this church gave $4,900 to New Life Children's Home last year. Hallelujah says, thank you so much of your, for your continued faithful support of this ministry. Together we will serve more, than, more children in 2013. Thank God. You know, that's exciting when you think that. Because the Bible talks about taking care of those that, that are orphans. And needy. And this is being added, added to your account. How exciting. Amen. So John, if you can, or Dan, if you could take this picture back. And pastor was going to put this up on the wall. 
So if you can take that back, if people want to look at the kids or whatever, all of it. Uh, yep. And they're not the only ones we give to, so this is a giving church. Thank God. If it wasn't, I'd want to run away. Okay. We have um, this week. It's the last week of January. It's hard to believe. Christmas is almost here. You look at me every year and you laugh, but it is the truth. Well, this is the week that we bless Israel. So ushers, if you'll come forward, and we will receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And Father, I pray over our tithes and offerings this morning. What a privilege it is to give unto your kingdom. This is the place where you say that we're to prove you. And we thank you, God, that you've already poured out a blessing. You have divine protection upon your children, just supernatural protection upon every one of us. And my prayer is that they be blessed super abundantly above all that they could dare even ask or think. And so we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. And I say, angels, go forth and bring in the finances that are needed and desired and that are those that have given you say that you will bring it back in this lifetime and we know that time is running short so i thank you father god the blessings are being brought in pressed down shaken together running over shall men men give into our bosom and i thank you father god that we send forth the angels to go out and minister and speak as the Holy Spirit speaks to people, you draw it up and bring it in in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor, you wanted to share first. Is it extremely cold in here to anybody else, or is it just me? There you go. Children's Church. You are excused. Who's got the children's church? Miss Christine. Thank you. This is my man. You know, there was more paperwork over there. Where did it go? Do you have it all? No, this is mine was on that chair. I know it was on that chair. <laughs> okay, who ate it? <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, we got to find it. Well, let's pray. <laughs> pray over it. You found it? I got it. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Praise you, Father. Father, we just thank you for the word that is about to go forth. We thank you for the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to teach through us so that this word, this seed, fall on good ground, good soil, and that it bring forth a mighty harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let's start with all... Start with the nugget this morning. God's gifts are never loans. Now, I don't know if I gave you this one already. 
Does it sound familiar? Because I got almost 500 of them now. I'm getting close to that. I'm working on it. I got 480, no, 479, something like that. Anyway, God's gifts are never loans. They are always... What are we talking about here? God's gifts. They are always deposits. Amen. And when, when you deposit, when you go to the bank and deposit into the bank, it's yours. So it's not a loan, it's yours. Okay. So um, let's go to a place that we've looked at the last couple of weeks. Proverbs chapter 29. And we're going to go to verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. So glory to God. You got to have that vision. We've been talking about dreams, visions, and goals. Well, this morning I want to start off with a story. There was a man walking down the street and he passes a large construction site. And there were a number of gentlemen laying bricks. Okay. So he went up to one man and said, What are you doing? The worker said, I'm laying bricks, stupid. Okay. So he goes to the second individual laying bricks and says, What are you doing? I am making a wall. He goes to a third person. What are you doing? I'm building a magnificent cathedral for the glory of God. Each one had a vision. Complete your vision. Don't be stupid. Okay. The difference between just laying bricks and building a cathedral is vision. Now I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you another nugget that goes along with this. Vision is a thing that is essential to promote faith to action. Vision is a thing that is essential to promote faith in action if there is anything to be done. So you need that Amen. vision to spark your faith into action. All right, glory to God. So as believers, we need to have a vision. That's what we've been talking about this month on Sundays. Vision that is formed from the Bible. Okay. We need biblical perspectives on things. Okay. A biblical perspective will be, have a noble destiny and principles which will guide and govern our lives. So it's going to take courage and strength 
And we're going, we've, we've looked at Joseph, I mean, uh, Joshua. Be strong and of good courage. So we need, to, we need strength, uh, courage and strength to implement the task that is set before you, or us. What, that means we have to remain focused with the vision. So I hope you have, you have written down your vision like we have asked you to do and begin to operate in it. Okay. Now, I want us to turn to chapter, Matthew chapter 25, first of all. Matthew chapter 25. And I want us to look at this parable that Jesus is talking about, or saying. That's Matthew chapter 25, and we'll begin with verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now we go to the servants that receive the talents here. Then he, then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them another five talents. Likewise, the other that had received two, he also gained. Two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Okay. Talents. Okay. We're talking about that. Talent was given to each individual according to their ability. In other words, God was entrusting them to give them something that they can work with. God knew their ability and the potential they had. Think of your vision. Once the talents were given out, all three talents were given out, or uh, the talents were given out to three individuals. Two went out immediately to work the talents that were given to them. They did not wait, they did not put it off for another time. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is now. So if you got that vision, you've got to start working it when? You've got to implement it now into your life. That means you have to start meditating. You've got to... It can't be delayed. Uh, the wife said, Christmas is coming. Amen? I tell you what, the rapture is coming. That's right. Thank God. The rapture. You've got to be ready. Okay. What is a talent? A talent is a vessel to hold weights or measures, whatever you place in it. Let's go to the book of John now. John chapter 2. John chapter 2. 
I will just start with uh, verse 1. Let's see what happens here. And on the third day, there was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour has not yet come. His mother said unto, unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Verse 6. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. Okay, this is, this is a talent. These vessels were talents. They held different things. So a vessel can hold a measure of, of liquid, or we're going to find out it could be a, a solid thing. Okay, so there's talents here. Okay, this these talents here would actually, if you look in the in the, in the margin of your Bible, you find that these six, six vessels held between eighteen to twenty nine gallons each, and there's six of them. They're having a party. Okay, let's now go back to Matthew, and we'll go to Matthew chapter eighteen this time. Verse, uh, let's start with verse 23. Again, Jesus is speaking. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take an account of his servants. Okay, we, we, we saw the servants first time around and the, and the master went away and he gave talents to his servants. Amen. Verse 24. And when he had uh, beckoned, the, uh, began to beckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 what? Talents. So talents could re refer to money. And in this area, it's, uh, it's over, I think, in one margin, it says almost $9 million. So the man was in debt, his talent. Okay. <laughs> okay. So going back to Matthew chapter 25, what the master gave to each individual was precious, valuable, and priceless. It's not to be disregarded, ignored, or snubbed. So the vision and dream and, you, and goal that you have should not be disregarded, ignored, or snubbed. L looking at the third person of the, that was given talents, um, he buried his talent, did nothing with it. We must push to see our vision to come to pass in the year 2013, okay? Let's, let it not die or be buried. You must sow seeds to have a harvest. So that vision, dreams, and goals, you have to start implementing it now. They were given that vision, dream, and goal, not by accident, but it was ordained by God 
to fulfill a purpose. Notice the master went out and he gave to his servants talents. Each and every one of you has been given a talent, something within your dream, vision, and goal to fulfill. Okay. We need to be faithful stewards of the talents, dreams, and visions, gold that we have been given us, into us, unto us, I should say. Now let's turn to, we've got two more, three more scriptures. Let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter 2. In Isaiah chapter 2. Now let's look at this. Interesting. In Isaiah chapter 2. We'll read the whole thing. Verse, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come, let us go up to the mount of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. So that dream, vision, and goal is to teach us his ways. That we can walk in his paths, or have the... Reward, okay? We need to be people of faith to see the potential resources that have been put into our hands. That dreams, vision, goals is the resources that he's given you. To do great mighty exploits according to Daniel chapter is it 924? 924 I believe it is or 249, one of the two. Okay, and now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I didn't write that one down. So. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, looking at verse 58, the last verse of chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmoved, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Dreams, vision, and goals is abounding in the Lord. For as much as ye know that, the, that your labor, labor is, is not in vain. You work that dream, vision, and go, and it's going to come to pass, it says here. Glory to God. So we need to thank the Lord for the privilege of serving Him. Go back to, now let's go to Joshua, and then we'll pick up on Joshua where we left off last week. Let's see, what, what was, do anybody know what Joshua's vision or goal was that God gave him? Joshua chapter 1. Well, let's start with verse 1. Joshua 1, begin verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord came, uh, servant of the Lord, pardon me, Servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all his, this people, unto the land which I will give unto them, even to the children of Israel. So here's the dream, vision, and goal is set for Joshua. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you. So Joshua is supposed to walk the land and it was going to be given to him. That was his vision, his goal. Did he complete it? 
majority of it he did. Okay. okay. We'll start with the second part. Are you going down or what? No, I'll stay here if you I've want. I've added to it a lot. Okay. She, she's added, so I'm going to slip down and she's going to... You can keep your mic on if you want to add, but I've added a whole lot. Pastor just told me that he had this that he was going to do, and I needed to work what I had into it. And I <laughs> got it this morning and looked at it and went, okay. I'm thinking, the Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Amen. So let's go ahead and look at a couple things. We know we, we looked at Joshua last week quite a bit. But I want to go and look at the characteristic, uh, characteristics of his life. What were his characteristics? And let's go ahead and start in Numbers 14. Let's see what he had to go through to get, get to where he was. It wasn't easy. Is it ever easy? The things that God promises us, I'm going to tell you that I, I have, there's not much of it that's come easy. <laughs> First thing you have to do is ask yourself, is this willing, am I willing to fight for this with everything I have when God speaks to you? So in Numbers 14, if you want to come up here, honey, that's fine. I just had to completely change what I had around quite a bit. Okay. All right. Numbers 14. We know that, wow, let's go up to 13 a little bit. We know that they'd had this evil report. And in, in chapter 14, let's go ahead and start with verse 1. And all the congregation cried out with a loud voice, and they wept that night. All the Israelites grumbled and deplored their situation, accusing Moses and Aaron, to whom the whole congregation said, Would that we had died in Egypt or that we had died in this wilderness. Why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and little ones will be a prey. Is it not better for us to return to Egypt? And, then, and they said one to another, verse 4, Let us choose a captain and return to Egypt. I would have let them, <laughs> quite frankly. But the time, then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the Israelites. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephnah, who were among the scouts who had searched the land, rent their clothes. You know, it's only two of them. And they said to all the company of the Israelites, The land through which we passed as scouts is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land. Two things he told them. Do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense and the shadow of protection is removed from over them. But the Lord is with us. Fear them not. This is, this is what they said. Their defense 
and the shadow of protection is removed from over them. If a person is not born again, their defense and their shadow of protection is, is not on them. And we need to realize this, who we are in God and who God is in us. Amen? And this is the, you know, like, like I shared the night of the election when it was over so early, Hawaii hadn't even finished voting. Pastor and I looked at each other and, and we said, God has a plan for this church to get us through what's coming, for us to teach them, train them, and put in their hands everything that we can. So God, we're calling upon you to help us, to show us, to reveal us to us what you would have us to prepare and what you would have us put in their hands <coughs> and in their ears. The Bible says we're to watch what we hear. The Bible says we're to cast down every imagination and reasoning, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You see this in these two men. Even though the rest of the spies went out and gave such an evil report, these two men stood strong in what they, what they believed the word of God had told them, had told their leader. They were not going to bend against the word of God. And sad to say, many, many people that used to be word of faith people are no longer. And you know, it doesn't take long for that word to get out of your heart. I'm going to tell you, not at all. So let's look and see what it says. It says, only do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred to us. Their defense and their shadow of protection is removed from us, from over them. But the Lord is with us, fear them not. But all the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting before the, all the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, now can you imagine this? <laughs> I want you to just think about this. And the, more, and the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people provoke, spurn, despise me? And how long will it be before they believe me, trusting in, relying on, clinging to me for all the signs which I have performed among them? All I can think of is what God must be thinking today, looking, looking at, at our land. I, I just, just forget the rest. We'll just talk about America right now. What do you think he's saying? You know, I think of the scripture that says, when, when Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Will I find faith? It's amazing to me. So he goes on to say, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of you, Moses, a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it. And for, and for you, prob you brought up this people in your might from among them. And, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land that they heard that from you. Lord, are in the midst of this people of Israel. You, Lord, are seen face to face, and that your cloud stands over them, 
and that you go before them in a pillar of a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Then he goes on and talks about if, if God kills them. Um, and then he goes on to say here in verse 24, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and the descendants shall possess it. He has a special place for Joshua. But, you know, you look at this and you think about the one thing I look at, and I, I never noticed that till this morning when I was just reading this. Only do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred to us, their defense and their shadow for protection is removed from over them, but the Lord is with us, fear them not. Joshua had faith. He had faith when he went into the promised land. It didn't matter to him there were giants there. It didn't matter to him what it looked like. He knew what God had said, and he believed what God had said. He knew that what the leader had said, he saw that what God had done, and he chose to believe God. He and Caleb both chose to believe God no matter what. But this really stands out to me. I've shared with you for months. I have been reading the 23rd Psalm along with my other reading. And I want us to go there. Now I understand why. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. You need to say that with me. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life myself and leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him not for my earning it, but for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. You know, those that do not know Jesus Christ, they don't have this promise, but we do. This is so powerful. Your rod to protect, your staff to guide me and comfort me, you prepare a table before me, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil and my brimming cup runs over. Surely, or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Hallelujah. Let's go back here to, to Numbers verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense and the shadow of protection is removed from over them, but the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. There are Christians today that are backsliding, which is very sad. They have walked out from under the covering of the Lord. So that puts them in this place. I'm sorry to say some of you might disagree with me. You might believe once saved, always saved, but that's not what my Bible tells me, okay? It says in this, these days we must stay as close to God as we can. He says their defense and shadow of protection is removed from over them, but the Lord is with us, fear them not. So Joshua had to stand in faith and watch this whole generation of people die off. So that they could go in the Joshua and Caleb and Moses, their families. 
had to watch these people die off. I mean, they had to travel with these people. <laughs> the murmurs and the complainers, of course, God had enough one day. And who, who remembers what happened? Mary, do you remember what happened the day that God had had enough of the murmuring and complaining over Moses? You had the answer last week. Anybody? Korah and his family decided they were going to murmur and complain against Moses. And all of a sudden, this big old hole appeared and they all fell in it. All of those that murmured and complained fell in it. It was zip. That was it. So if anything we need to learn right now, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. There were three things that um, that pastor said that I found very interesting. Um, it was in the... It was in the disregard part. Where is that in your notes? Okay. You said Matthew talks about the talents. When the master gave them was very precious, valuable, and priceless. It is not to be disregarded, ignored, or snubbed. He's telling us that today. What I've given you is very precious, especially right now, the word that's going out. It is very precious. It's not to be disregarded. It's not to be ignored. And it's not to be snubbed. The same of the gifts of the spirit that are on people. They're not to be disregarded, ignored, or snubbed. You know, it's, it's sad, but people get into this, and usually it's over jealousy, and then there's problems. Number two, the characteristic of Joshua. He was entirely consecrated. Numbers 32. One thing I desire is that I will be and stay entirely consecrated to God. Entirely consecrated to him and him alone. Numbers 32. Let's see where he wants us to start. Well, let's go on and see this. Um, let's go and look at verse 7. Why do you discourage the hearts of the Israelites? from going over to into the land that the God has given them. Thus your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barina to see the land. And when they went up to the valley of Eskal and they saw the land, they discouraged the hearts of the Israelites from going into the land the Lord had given them. Do you know that people, friends, family, People you work with, I know this thing comes on somewhere, can discourage you. Look at what he's saying here. They discouraged the hearts of the Israelites from going into the land the Lord had given them. 
And the Lord's anger was kindled on that day, and he, and he swore, saying, Surely none of the men who came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. They have not wholly followed me. That's heavy. Except for Caleb, the son of Jephthah, and the Kezanite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them to wander in the wilderness for forty years, until all the generations that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. Wow. That's heavy. That is heavy. So we see that Joshua, not only Joshua, but Caleb, they were entirely consecrated to God, and they made it into the promised land. There is People laugh at this. They think they can do anything and whatever, get away with it in these days. There are things that God has said that we are not to touch, taste, smell, hear, whatever, that, that believers are getting involved in, and they can't understand why there is not the feeling and the desire any longer for Jesus. There's not the desire to be in his presence, worshiping him, praising him, hearing his word. I'm going to tell you, that that's being put out here right now for you is precious in the sight of God. And it's for you in this hour. God wants you to be an overcomer this year. He wants you to be more than a conqueror this year. He wants to bring you into the promised land, the blessings that are promised to us while we live on this earth before Jesus comes to take us away in the rapture. That is his desire. He says that this will happen and we have to not doubt not speak evil, guard our mouths, and stand on the word of God and press forward. He said, if I can get a body to press forward, when I, he was talking to me, if I can get this body to come together and press forward and speak the same thing, I can do mighty works in their midst for them, with them, and for their families. Miracles, church. Miracles. I have a friend that I, I shared with you, I hadn't talked to her for 32 years. And God just really pressed upon my heart to do everything I could within my power to find her. And I found her through her ex-husband. And when I talked to her, she had come back to the Lord, thank God. And she, she began to share about her grandson who was 16, who had had leukemia from the time he, well, since last March. He was a soccer player. He, they're looking at him to be a pro soccer player. Um, at Christmas time, she was on my heart so heavy on a, on a Saturday, she called me. I was about ready to call her, and she called me, and she, we talked for a while, and then I said, how is Nicholas doing? And she said, well, Things don't look really good. You know, she got to remember she's a baby Christian, okay? She said things are not looking good. His blood levels are at zero. They have to be at, um, what did I tell you yesterday, Dan? 276 
for us to be able to give him his last chemo uh, session of chemo and it's at zero well last week it got up to two seven what did i tell you 237 i believe it was 237 and they couldn't do it he went in i believe last monday and it was up to 3000 the doctors were amazed they couldn't believe it they knew this is a miracle and that's from zero to 3000 in a month is a miracle hallelujah god is in the miracle she said i know that you've been praying i said yes the intercessors are praying and we won't give up. We won't give up. Hallelujah. God is a miracle worker. He is a miracle worker. Okay, so he was entirely consecrated. Number three, he was spiritual minded. Joshua 3 5. Spiritually minded. Let's look at verse 1. Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the Israelites and lodged there before passing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, commanding the people, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God bring, being borne by the Levitical priests, set out from where you are and follow it. In other words, Get yourself ready. What the Spirit of God is telling us today in this hour, right now, get yourself ready. Whatever you have to do, get yourself ready. I'm going to, I'm going to share a few things. We don't allow strife in our house. I can't tell you that it doesn't try to raise its ugly head at times. But when it does... It is taken care of immediately. That is one thing that God says where there is strife, there is every evil work. He told me this years ago, keep strife out no matter what the cost. There's every evil work. So when strife comes in, you know that every demonic spirit has the right to come in at that point and cause much disruption well what i've seen it happen through the years was it would bypass pastor it would usually hit me or one of the children or one of the animals the enemy is sly like that let me tell you so keep it out if you want to walk in the blessings that's the number one thing that you're going to have to do make it make sit down together as a couple, I know singles, one time I asked them, how many of you deal with, how many of you in the congregation deal with strife? The singles were raising their hand, and I'm like, you don't even live with anybody. How can you deal with strife? Well, you can deal with strife in yourself. How many know that? So keep it out. You don't have to win the argument. You don't have to continue the argument. You don't have to be the winner of every discussion. Let it go. What, what good is it? Because once words are spoken, it's hard to dig those roots out. So just let it go. Now, Pastor used to do something that, man, I wouldn't suggest. But he told me at the beginning, I'm not going to fight. 
So he'd take off in the car for the day, and boy, would that about the first hour I'd be hot. Second hour, I'd be steaming. But by the time he finally got home, I was thankful that he was safe. I'm just telling him now. I never don't think I ever told him that. But he didn't. He wouldn't fight. Learn that. Learn it. Learn it now. Amen. I shared with you the time I decided to do it. I left the house. I was gone for a while. He never knew I was gone. I came back. He was in the kitchen doing whatever. Listening to a tape, I think. He never knew I left. <laughs> Big whoop. Big didn't do a thing for me. Amen. <laughs> so Joshua was spiritual minded, spiritually minded in 3 5. Um, and Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourself, that is, separate yourself for a special holy purpose. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I'm telling you this today from the Spirit of God. Sanctify yourself. Separate yourself for a special holy purpose. For tomorrow and the next day and the next day, the Lord will do wonders among you. But you must sanctify yourself. Hallelujah. Set yourself apart. Joshua 8, verse 30. Listen. These tapes you're hearing, this week you start Creflo. Then we've got some other good ones. This, it's going to get better and better and better. Hallelujah. 8.30. Then, well, let, remember AI? We won't get into AI, but how, remember, how many remember AI? AI was a mess. They blew it. One guy decides to go and steal stuff, and, and it just didn't go well. And so this is what, this is what, this is how God thinks, okay? Pardon? Stealing the tithes. Yeah. How stupid can you be to steal God's tithes and think that he doesn't know it? I mean, that is so stupid. Well, you know, God knows my heart. <laughs> he knows what you give, too. Okay, let's look at this. It says, um, And that day fell, verse 25, both men and women were 12,000, including all the men of Ai. For Joshua drew not back his hand, with which he stretched out the javelin until he had utterly destroyed the inhabitants of Ai. Only the livestock and the spoil of the city of Israel took his bounty for themselves according to the word of the Lord and he command, as he commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap of ruins for, forever, even a desolation, desolation to the, this day. And he, hanged Ai, and he hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. At sunset, Joshua commanded, they took the body down, from the tree and cast it into the entrance of the city gate and raised a heap of stones over it that is there to the day. And then Joshua built an altar to the Lord of God of Israel at Mount Abel. So if you want to read about Ai, oh, brother, that's a mess that they got themselves into. And they didn't do it again. Okay, so he was very spiritual-minded. He built an altar. Some of you need to build some altars before the Lord. In other words, you get down on your knees and you find a place where you're going to build an altar. I mean, I've, there's been times when we've gotten in an argument. I've, I have been under such 
this is years ago, conviction that I would get on my face and just weep because I felt so bad before God that I could even speak those words, say those words. You know, we've got to come to this place, church. You've got to get this out of here and start thinking of who you are in God. You're a blessing. You're made to be a blessing. The blessing is in you. Amen? Think of what you're learning. I'd like you to write down what you're learning for Pastor and I. Okay, number four, he had godly reverence. Joshua 5.14. There is a godly reverence. How many know that? God's looking for it in this hour. Let's look at 13. Well, this was number 12. And the manna ceased on the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And the Israelites had manna no more, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. When, Josh, when Joshua was at Jericho, he looked up, and behold, a man stood near him and with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, no, neither. But as the prince of the Lord of hosts, I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the, to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what says the Lord to his servants? And the prince of the Lord's hosts said to Joshua, loose your shoes from off your feet, for this is the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. I tell you this morning that this sanctuary has been dedicated over to God and the place that you sit and the place that you stand is holy. And we need to come in here and reverence God. Reverence him. If we want to see the miracles that God wants to pour out, then reverence him. Understand that the place that you stand, your, your house should be that way. Seriously. You know, we just heard a teaching on the prayer shawl and, and how they would take it and put it over their heads and cover themselves up so they couldn't see anything. They still do. So they couldn't see anything, and it would be them and God alone. That's what God's looking for. Someone that will say, it's me and you, God, alone. Hallelujah. So he was, he reverenced God. He was obedient in Joshua eleven fifteen. Boy, was he obedient. You know, God had me recently re read Ruth and then um, Esther, and now I'm in Judges. The minute Joshua died, it take, didn't take him very long to go back to their old ways. Didn't take them long at all. You know, you, move, remove, you remove a godly leader out of the midst of you and all, excuse my expression, hell breaks loose. The enemy has their way. I've seen it happen. Joshua um, 11, 15. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I saw that happen to the pastor we were born again under. There was a pornography group in the church. The elders, 
they decided to get rid of our pastor. I'm going to tell you, when, when they got rid of him, all hell broke loose in that church. People's lives, the destruction was appalling to me. As the Lord has commanded Moses, his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua. And so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. He left nothing undone. Let me tell you, church, the Lord is speaking to you individually as persons. He's telling T telling you to stop doing this and start doing this. He's telling you things that he's that he's desiring of you. He, he might say, give, do this, do that. I'm going to tell you one way that Pastor and I, or my, at least myself, got, got us out of debt for me was to start giving. And one of the ways I started giving was to bless our pastor. I'm not saying this because I want you to bless us, okay? Another way was to start start picking up the tab at the table. We didn't have the money. You know, my ex-husband stopped giving child support, which, you know, pastor took a job that was $200 less a month. That was big money back there, let me tell you. We didn't have the money. The money was not there. It looked bleak, but we tithed, we gave, and I started picking up the tab and paying for the lunches if we'd go out and doing whatever we both did. That is one of the best ways to, to break the curse that the enemy has on you. If you have a spirit of poverty or if you were born in a, in a family that has a spirit of poverty, you got to break that thing. The only way to break it is to start peeling out that she money. How many know what that she... Brian, what's the she money? Yeah, well, go ahead and tell me what it is. I know right where it is in my husband's wallet. Can you say it? Do you know what it, do you remember the whole thing, how it goes? Do you remember it? <laughs> yes, she will. <laughs> Praise you, Father. If you want to be blessed, she'll get it. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Somebody went, uh, was it you? Because it's not your money, it's God's. Amen? Okay, he was obedient. We met. Now, the last one. Pardon? I know right where yours is, unless you spin it. <laughs> decision I don't know what this last one is I don't even know I have no idea where it is so we'll stop at obedience I have no idea what I wrote down here guess she money this is what the Lord told me when I was sitting there this morning that the enemy knows God never changes his words are always to bring life to us, his children. You might want to write this down. The enemy knows God never changes. His words are always to bring life to his children. Don't let the enemy put doubt in your life. 
and confess the opposite of God's word. Don't even think, don't even think it. The enemy knows God never changes. His words are always to bring life to his children. Now he will use others that are close to you to put you down, to discourage you, to whatever, because he knows if he can get you down and if he can hurt you, he will. So you've got to go back to God's word. <clears throat> and know the enemy knows that God never changes. His words are always to bring life to, your, to his children. So he has life for you out there, right? Don't let the enemy put doubt in your, your life and confess the opposite of God's word. Don't even think it. You know what your goals and visions are for this year. I hope you have them written down because it says to write them down. Don't let the enemy come in and say it's not going to happen for you. When he does, kick him out. He's, he is at, under your feet. Jesus placed him under your feet. Keep him there. Don't let him up here whispering. Keep him under your feet, Pastor. I hope you got something out of Joshua's life. I hope it encouraged you. This guy knew how to command the blessings. He knew how to walk in the authority of God. He had to lead all those people. And they made it. And they conquered. Hallelujah. Amen. Write down every time one of the things you're believing for comes to pass. I keep a journal. You know, I wear journals out. I keep a journal every day. Those of you that know me have seen me write in it. God tells me something, it goes in there. Everything I do during the day goes in there. Start keeping one. Just the little tiny nuggets that God will give you will encourage you for the week might be your kids. You know, I saw such and such growth in my kid today. Date it, time it, give God the praise for it. Amen? There you go. I All should right. Have. Know this, there are no power shortages with God. means it's going to, once it start, once you get it going, there's no power shortage. Unless you unplug from God. But if you stay plugged up with God, there's no power shortage. Amen. Glory to God. Okay, we're going to take communion. It's, it looks like we're going to do here. <clears throat> Always remember, my, my uh, nugget for last week was faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. All right. Faith stops when you believe the devil. Amen? Okay. I'll give it to you. <laughs> You'll give it to me? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Who's coming up there? 
I don't know who's coming up, but okay. Uh, in First Corinthians chapter eleven, Paul writes. In verse 23, For I received of the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which ye do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. What is this? Communion. It's a gift. Okay. And gifts are always, according to the nugget, what? Deposits into you. So, the emblems, the, the bread and the cup, represent health and life. So when you take the emblems, you are taking, you're remembering these gifts that are given to your health and life to your body, to your mind, your soul. So with that in thought, if I can have my helpers. Can I share with the Lord? Go, go for it. You know, when you go to um, sometimes weddings, they roll out this red carpet before the bride comes down the aisle. You, you all know what I'm talking about. I just saw that God has, for us here, that are going to grab hold of what he has for us to share. He's already rolled out that carpet. And it's, 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 it's glorious. It's not red. It's bright silvers and bright colors. And it's out there. And as you walk down that, with the blessings falling upon you, coming on you inside and out, right now he's doing works on you from the inside out. Just it was it was so magnificent. That carpet has already been laid for you this year. Just walk on it. That's all you got to do. That's so powerful. When I saw that, it was just amazing. Praise God. It'll just lead us right up to the streets of gold. Hallelujah. The rapture's coming. Get ready. Mm. Get ready. Forget our Christmas. Just go. Praise God. The albums that we have in our hands represent the greatest gifts. that a loving God can give us. Health and life for here and eternity. So Father, we praise you. We thank you. That you bestow upon us this blessing. We thank you, Lord. It has intangible 
right. Only given to the children of God. So as we take this bread as a symbol of Christ's broken body, that we are able to walk in excellence of health because of it. We receive this blessing now. Father, as we look to the cup, a symbol of your son, his blood that was shed for us to wash away all sin, all iniquity, forever. We come boldly into the throne room as the blood washed, a child of God. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name. You look for a title for this morning service? Commanded blessings. Or commanded you bless it. Okay. Let's all stand. For those that want to stay within the sanctuary and minister to the Lord more, do so. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that each and every day that passes, we come closer to the rapture. The fulfillment, Father God, of your word. The heart cry, Father God, of this earth. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. That we've been called to do things. I thank you, Lord, that we can declare them to be true. That they are established by your word. That we walk in the spirit of love and not a spirit of fear.
thank you, Lord. Bless this day as you blessed us, Father God. May we be blessing to those that we come in contact this day. Let the glorious light of the gospel be shared to those in darkness. And everyone said, Amen. I'm going to share something. There's a scripture that says God loads us down daily with benefits. When you get up in the morning or you get in your car to go to work, you need to sit there and thank him, God. I am ready and prepared for you to load me down daily today with benefits. Amen. And expect it. All he wants us to do is ask. Amen. <laughs>